inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining. Today is very common to see in a talk a lot of people who are paying attention to their phones and not being so engaged with the speakers. So what can we do when we are there on stage to bring them back to our words and to our message? Uh, for that, we have a very inspiring guest today who is going to tell us a bit of this and many other things. So let me welcome Lisa Evans. Lisa Evans, Director of Speaking Savvy and Stories from Heart, is an award-winning speaker a world-class certified speaking and storytelling coach, and a TEDx speaker coach who helps people globally to use their voice as a powerful tool to share their message, as well as have stories worth sharing. Having spent over 20 years as a midwife prior to a life-changing event that led her to leave their career, Lisa is now known as a story midwife. Lisa is from Perth, Australia. Hello, Lisa. Welcome to the show. Hi, Oscar. How are you? Very good. Happy to talk with you, Lisa. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I've been following your show for many years now. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much. Um, I know that you have a, a really inspiring story how you became um, a public speaking coach. So please tell us a bit of that story. Yeah, so Oscar, I started my career as a as a midwife. I trained in London before I migrated to Australia, and I spent 25 years working as a midwife. I specialised in neonatal intensive care nursing, which is a very high-tech, specialised area looking after tiny babies on life support. It was really a dream job, and I never imagined doing anything else, but Life slammed on the brakes one day and sent me on a on a detour. I woke up one morning, the room was spinning, and I, I I'd lost my hearing. So overnight, a virus had destroyed pretty much most of of my hearing. I was just left with a tiny white noise, and it it was pretty frightening for me. But you know, not only I had to come to terms with the fact that I had significant hearing loss and the nerves were damaged, I was told that nothing could be done. But also it was no longer practical to work in my job as a midwife. So, you know, late in life, I, I ended up having to walk away from the only career that I'd ever that I'd ever known. So that was really the beginning of my transformational journey in uh, leaving my calling, but but finding my purpose and going on this public speaking journey to rediscover my voice and ultimately becoming a public speaking and storytelling coach and speaker and doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. Wow, what a what a story! Yeah? Because you really had your, as you say, your dream job. You already had it, and you had to, for this circumstance, you have to change it and find a new one. And I and I guess it was not easy, right? How did you? What triggered you to to find uh, in public speaking your new calling? 
Yeah, so so what happened is I was really, really fortunate enough to get on a research trial with uh, an expert in hearing technology here in Perth, and I got a, I got the gift, a wonderful gift of a cochlear implant. So once I got the cochlear implant, you know, that was the beginning of a very long journey in learning how to rehabilitate and, and use the device because you have to retrain the brain mm. to hear in a completely different way. And if you can't hear properly, you also can't speak properly, so it affects your speech it affects your hearing and I also lost a lot of self-confidence so I had zero self-confidence I had low self-esteem and I was kind of in a in a pretty bad place in terms of my mindset you know I kept thinking why did this have to happen to me and yeah I wasn't I wasn't in a good in a good place but the gift of the cochlear implant really was a turning point for me and I had to spend you know thousands of hours learning to create new neural pathways and to hear again using the device because it's a completely different way of of hearing and and it takes a lot of of learning to mm. to get there yeah so after a, a long period of time of rehabilitating with the the research team you know i i managed to make sense of the device it took a long time and what I did initially was I, I had to go right back to beginning readers' books, you know, very simple mm. words, easy-to-follow language, and I'd listen to audio books and I'd follow along with the words on the paper as well. And then finally I got to make sense of initially a single sound and then a syllable, then a word and then a sentence. I stuck to familiar books that I knew well and, and then I progressed onto children's literature and Alice in Wonderland became a real favourite book of mine and that was really how I learned to train my brain to to hear again using the device and that really was the beginning of my passion for public speaking because I'd been doing a lot of uh, sounding and and really having to focus on listening and articulating and and practicing and the next step for me was to um, you develop more of those skills and and learn the art and science of, of public speaking and I began that journey um, six six years ago now yeah. Well, what an amazing story, actually, that you're you are telling us. And wow, so you had to learn to hear and to speak again somehow. And it's amazing that today you are you are coaching others how to, to speak, who to, to do things uh, effectively. So as, yeah, it is. <laughs> so as we discuss uh, before this conversation, it would be great to talk about audience engagement and as I mentioned also at, at the beginning of this uh, episode that it's, it's getting more and more common that the audience get disengaged especially for the phones but there are also other ways uh, people get distracted very easily for for na from nothing so what about it itself the uh, the fact of engaging an audience is it per se difficult or should be easy what do you think yeah, I think Oscar that it can it can be a challenge and and there are a lot of factors to take into account in this one. You know, we do have like you say communication overload. We're bombarded with little mm. bite-sized pieces of meaningless conversations coming at us from from all from all angles and we live in an attention economy. It's very difficult to hold people's attention because there's so much information out there at our at our fingertips. But of course as speakers, it's imperative that we do hold 
the attention and, and engage our audience because we want them to leave with our, with our message. So the, the, the many different factors that there are, I think that, first of all, you know, what type of audience are they? Whereabouts are you on the program as, as a speaker? And, and do they even really want to be there? You know, it's very different talking to a group of, of people that really want to be part of your presentation versus people that have been, you know, sent along by their, by their boss. And most importantly, are you delivering what they what they want and, and what they need? So it's really something that that as speakers we need to ensure that we cover off in in our planning phase uh, of any speaking engagement, which of course starts with knowing your knowing your audience. Mm-hmm. So it can be it can be easy to engage a keen audience. It can be sometimes a challenge to keep them engaged. But but once you've lost them, then then I think that it's very difficult if, if they start mentally drifting off and, and checking their phones and, and checking out, then it, it's really hard to get them back once they have become disengaged. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's the most challenging moment when you notice can be that you started very well, everybody was looking at you, listening to you, and then you notice somehow in the middle that, okay, many people are already with their minds somewhere else, and that is the, well, that is a challenge. But I, I guess that in many cases is because the speaker made some mistake. So let's... Let's focus on that first. What are the mistakes that speakers make that cause this disengagement? What could you tell us? Oscar, I think that the, the main one would be it comes down to lack of planning. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if, if speakers, often the speakers will deliver a, a cookie-cutter speech, you know, without really taking the time mm-hmm. to, sure. to meet with the client and to find out what, what they really what they really want. So they're not getting off onto a good foot to start with. So a lack of planning, I think, definitely is is part of that. And, of course, that's very simple to fix. But one of the main things that, that, that I see that I think leads to the disengagement is when a speaker overloads the audience with too much information. Mm-hmm. So one of my mentors is, is Craig Valentine, and, and he says, if you cram in too much information, you push your audience out. And then if we push our audience out, then, then they switch off and often people I coach you know do so with the best intention they want to give the audience value and they want to share their knowledge and they want to share their expertise and they've got so much that they want to tell them but what they don't realize is they're actually doing a disservice by cramming in too much information or what they do is they then speed up and speak twice as fast because they want to get through the, the information. So, you know, my advice is you're better off to break it down, stick to one overall main takeaway um, and plan your key message. Don't cram too much information in. So that's probably the main one. And and the second one that leads to disengagement very early on is the speakers that read from read from notes. You know, that that's the sure way to, to kill attention. Uh, reading from notes and, and PowerPoint overload are, are real uh, no-nos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Uh, if you put too much information, your audience uh, will try to understand what you are saying, and but will their minds will be <laughs> spending a lot of time trying to understand what you just said and know what following what you are saying now. So <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's a way to to lose them, of course. 
Okay. Um, and what would you tell us what are your best piece of advice to, to, to have your audience engaged? I think if you do your planning and preparation effectively, I know I go back to planning a lot, but I think it's, you know, it's the real cornerstone of any presentation. If, if you start off and do your planning and preparation effectively and, and you create an audience-centric presentation, then initially you get off on the right foot. So so you're getting off to a good start and it's it's a lot easier then. And if you've done the planning and practice and you're really familiar with your content, then when you get up on stage in front of your, your audience or whatever your platform is, then you um, are less likely to be thinking about your, your, your content and your delivery. You're more able to relax and really focus on the audience and, and read the cues that you get from the audience the little signals that they give off mm -hmm. to let you know that they are engaged, hopefully, and that they're still attentive and, and they're checked in with you. And then if you do notice that there are some people who you feel that you're losing, mm -hmm. then it's time that you adjust on the fly. So, you know, good speakers mm -hmm. who who are practice and experience are able to adjust their material on the fly because the worst thing you can do is continue to carry on on the same path. If you notice that people are checking out, you have to take action. You have to uh, stop and adjust. You've got to read the signs. Perhaps you can introduce a quick energizer or, mm -hmm. or an activity. Or if you're doing, if it's a training uh, situation, you can take a drink break or a physical stretch, something mm -hmm. that interrupts that pattern and brings people back in. Uh, and of course, aiming to mix up your material so that you, you appeal to all types of learners as, as well is is imperative because as, as speakers, we're not giving information, really, we're providing an experience and, and we have to work at earning the right to the full attention of our audience. It's not a given just because they've turned up and they're sitting in their seats. You know, we have to earn that right to grab their attention in the beginning and keep hold of them and keep them engaged right until the end so that they leave with with our with our message and, and with an experience. And I'd imagine that, you know, I'd like to ask you the same question, Oscar, because when you don't have the visual component and you only have the the uh, the words on, on a podcast, it's it's even harder, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's um, you need a lot of uh, uh, concentration, of course, um, on listening. Yeah, it's it could be harder. Yeah, if you you have to really listen, that's a, a skill that you have to put it to the to the maximum there. <laughs> Yes, yeah, listening is super important, and and of course when you when you're on podcast or you're on you're on radio or TV, you you haven't got that benefit of being able to read your live audience in front of you and adjusting. You you don't know if your audience are still engaged, so that's where you know the voice and the vocal side of it really comes into it. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure, sure, sure. Uh, for instance, when I listen to you, or I listen other guests, um, I'm also trying to pick their um, their mood a bit their uh, their energy in, in the way they speak of course how they are if 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 my guess is is getting a bit of um too quiet or not so enthusiastic well i have to adjust as you said yeah it's very important what you said uh, this piece of advice i think it's very important is adjust on the fly that you said because that is going to happen in the middle of the presentation you might need to act to do something 
Yeah. And you will all be able to adjust if you know very well your your speech, your your presentation, you know it really, really well, you have rehearsed, you know it well by heart or the core elements, you know it very well, so you can do this um, in a good way, improvisation also to, to, to make the changes. But if you are not well prepared, you will feel that the only way is to keep going with a plan, to the original plan and most probably that that's not going to save you from this disengagement. So it's a great piece of advice. Adjust on the fly. Yes. <laughs> and how you um how you let's say try to sense the audience because of course you have to be connecting with the audience but you don't have time to be looking at everybody all the time. Okay, are you engaged? Are you disengaged? And checking, you know, if imagine there's a big audience, how you do for sensing if the audience is engaged or disengaged? How do you do it? Yeah, I guess it, it's just you know looking looking around on the periphery and and just scanning and mm -hmm. and it's almost you 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 get to learn to do it almost subconsciously. You're just picking up on on like you say, you know, the energy and and the face. It's 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 very hard to do when you are up on stage and you've got bright lights and mm -hmm. the audience are a lot darker. That that becomes really really difficult. It but is if difficult. Mm -hmm. Lighting and you can see them. You know, it, it's something quite as as subtle as you know they might just sort of slump down in the chairs a little bit and sort of mm. drop you know drop the head they're not sort of sitting up you can tell that they're not paying attention as much and of course then like you say at the beginning you know the smartphones come out and mm -hmm. the screens start glowing and then you know that you you've really lost them but if you can if you can just read the very subtle signs and 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 if it happens in there's a you know a group of people then you definitely need to do something about it before you you completely lose them <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, and something that one of our previous guests said, what Holland has, she said that very often the people in the audience are taking notes. So they are really paying attention, but they're taking notes. So it's not that they are watching, uh, chatting with their phones. So they are paying attention, taking notes of what you are saying. And that, as a speaker, you could see, oh, no, this person is not paying attention to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. It, it mm. is a tricky one. And I went to a, a presentation recently where uh, the the participants you know needed to use an interpretation on on the internet. So you know they were linked to their to their interpret interpreter. Uh, you're right when when they do need to take notes. Yeah, mm. e exactly. And and of course as speakers, you know we want we we often want the people to be using their their smart devices and interacting with us. We want them to be using our hashtag on social media mm. and maybe got polls and things so you know smartphones are a are a good are a good thing you know gone are the days when you know phones are on silent and 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 in the bag we we do we do want to encourage that but yeah it's getting that balance and and the signs as you say are very subtle very mm. subtle not that easy to pick yeah <laughs> and do you have some um experience some short story you have about engaged audience audiences or disengaged audiences that you you had yourself as a speaker yeah i well in my early days so probably about maybe about four years ago now i was in a in, in a speech competition and it was the humorous speech category and so i was probably about three minutes into my speech mm -hmm. when i looked out to the audience and i noticed that one of the vip international guests and he was also a judge He was asleep in the front row of oh. the the 
experience. And he wasn't just kind of like drifting off, you know, with the, the eyes. He was like asleep, full on asleep, you know, slumped over. <laughs> and immediately, you know, I saw him and immediately I kind of jumped into my own head and those voices in my head kicked in and I immediately thought, oh, I'm not engaging my audience. I'm not funny. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like my speech. I'm not going to do well. You know, immediately it, it did. Yeah. It, it, it kind of derailed me temporarily. But I managed to bring it back to the audience and I nip mm-hmm. those thoughts in the bud because once you let the negative thoughts take over, then, you know, then, then it becomes even more difficult. And I looked up to the rows and rows of people, you know, behind him and they were smiling and they were laughing and I quickly managed to get it together and realised that, you know, people in the audience have busy lives. So yeah. this gentleman, he had a long flight, <laughs> he was on a different time zone and, you know, he was probably genuinely just tired so not to kind of take it personally and, and you know, often as a new speaker when you you are, you know, not quite as confident, you can take it personally. You can look out and you can see somebody texting on their phone or somebody might stand up out of their chair and walk out or somebody's nodding off and you might think, Oh, yeah, that's because they, they don't like my message or or I'm not doing I'm not doing good enough. So, you know, think people bring all sorts to to your presentation and it, you know you obviously you've got a problem if you look out to the audience and everybody's sleeping. Oh yeah. Hopefully that would never happen any of your listeners. But don't jump to conclusions is what I learned from that. You know, just um just look up and, and scan and, and look at the, the rest of the people and and um and don't think you know focus on the one person who happens to have checked out at that point of of your speech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Okay. It's, 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 it's rare. You see sometimes can be sleeping, can be someone who can be just um yeah, taking notes but look completely out of your out of your speech, but uh, yeah, it's important not to take it personally, as you said, because it's only one, maybe two, but check how the others are, are following you. And yeah, that's, that is the best way. Yeah. Thanks for sharing uh, your story. Could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? Yeah, I have, I have a quote that really speaks to me, and it's a quote from mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis, uh, because I listen, Wonderland is is one of my uh-huh. favorite, favorite books. And the quote is, the best thing you could have given her is a lifetime of adventures. Mm. And I really feel as though, you know, the adventure that I was given on in my life that's now led me to really finding my purpose has been the best thing, really. And and sometimes, you know, when we go through a, a struggle and adversity mm. and then we're able to combine that with some skills and talents that we have, you know, that, that really does create a, a, a passion and purpose. So that is my favourite uh, quotation from C.S. Lewis. So that the adventures that life gives you, hmm. like in your case, huh? fantastic, <laughs> fantastic quotes and, and reference to your personal experience. Could you now recommend us uh, one book that has been for you particularly inspiring, influential? Oh, it's hard to pick one book, Oscar, because I read a lot of mm. books and I listen to a lot of books, but I got I got a few recently. And one book that I absolutely love at the moment, it's mm. called Presence, and it's by Patsy Ro- Rodenberg. And uh, Patsy Rodenberg is one of the world's leading voice coaches. She has a, a an acting background. And I wish I'd have found this book years ago because it's just, just brilliant. 
And it does link in very well to the topic of engagement because she talks about how to use positive energy for success. And she teaches three circles of energy and how we use those circles of energy to engage with others. It's an absolutely fabulous resource, um, Oscar, and I know that your readers are going to love it. And there's also quite a few clips of Patsy on YouTube talking about her material and her research on the three circles of energy. Oh, fantastic. And this has, uh, she has the acting background is as far as... Um... She does, yes. She has an acting background mm -hmm. from London, I think the uh, National Academy of Performing Arts, and she's worked with Dame Judi Dench and, and a lot of uh, very famous people to help them with their uh, voice and also their, you know, the presence and their body language. So she is, is very famous. You should see if you can get her to come on your show, Oscar. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for telling me that. That's a good idea. <laughs> Lisa, now could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend us doing it daily or weekly, a routine to shine? Yeah, my routine to shine is, is not directly linked to speaking, but it, yeah. it helps a great deal. And I think, you know, self-care is so important. So what mm -hmm. I do is I take the time to do yoga twice per week, twice every week. It really helps. Yoga really helps with my posture. It really helps with my breathing. It allows me to get grounded and to stay grounded and to really take time out of my busy schedule to be grateful for my body, to be grateful for my, for my life. And of course, when you do uh, something physical that improves your posture and your breathing then you improve as a speaker so that is my um, ritual and and important thing that i do weekly i do yoga mm -hmm. yeah excellent um, yes the, the posture also is, is is very important no you need it for for have a, a great presence as a speaker hmm. So, thanks a lot. Well, it has been a pleasure talking with you, Lisa, hearing your really inspiring story, how you became this uh, amazing coach you are nowadays and helping a lot of people uh, around the world, as far as I know, not only in Australia. <laughs> and That's right. Yes, I do help people uh, globally. Yep. Awesome. And yeah, this is stories about a uh, great piece of us about engagement. You know, it's so important because that happens to everybody from time to time. Sometimes time you will face this, that suddenly you notice your, your audience is disengaged and now we know what to do. <laughs> Finally, could you tell us how we can learn more about your work, how to follow you, what are the best ways for that? You can, yes. So my business is called Speaking Savvy and my website is www.speakingsavvy.com.au. I've also got a not-for-profit called Stories from the Heart, where I um, provide live storytelling events. I'm on Twitter as Speaking Savvy. I'm on Facebook as Speaking Savvy, and I'm on LinkedIn, and I've also got a YouTube channel. Awesome. So many ways to find you. <laughs> right, yes. Excellent. Thanks a lot, uh, Lisa, for this conversation, and all the best. Thank you very much, Oscar. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time, 